You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their line of Pro Studio headphones and microphones, as well as the TM2 in ear monitor measurement coupler at audix usa.com. RCF, manufacturer of professional line array, subwoofer, and loudspeaker systems, as well as portable sound solutions and audio tools for your production studio. For over 70 years, RCF's passion for perfection drives the design of every product. Visit RCF at rcf-usa.com. Alan and Heath has asked us to read this. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? It would seem that it all depends on the famed philosopher John Locke's conception of primary and secondary qualities of the tree. Of course, this metamorphosis indicates the qualities the objects possess initially, axiomically, and which are attributed to them by the listener. The falling tree in the forest does not really sound like anything. Kinda like the heavy metal Skeltzimmer band I was in in high school. I wish I We just, yeah, we go, we, uh, we, we just let it go. Um, okay, here we go. Should, should I do the intro? Chris? I think you should. The intro? I, I think Michael should do it. Huh. Well, uh, but you're Michael. Yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead, Michael. Well, <laughs> after you, Michael. <laughs> wow, this is going to be, we've, we've had a couple episodes, with, we've had a couple of double Michaels before, but I think this is definitely the handsomest. Of the double Michael I w- episodes, I would certainly say so. You look great tonight. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm wearing my Spirit Box hoodie. Um, the the, yes. the Spirit Box folks gave me uh, some merch at the end of the tour, and I was very. Pre- this is a very warm hoodie, and I appreciate yeah. it very much. Thank you to uh, Parker from Spirit Box. Maybe we'll get him on the show. Does it someplace. say there's 8K everywhere on the yeah. back of it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, welcome to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. Um, we want to start off by saying thank you to Audix and thank you to Alan Heath. Thank you to RCF and thank you to Chris Leonard for looking so well put together this evening. <laughs> are you, are you watching me from a different night that we were here? I don't know. <laughs> you, you, you look like a model citizen. You have the same shirt on as we, you wore when we recorded last week. Yeah, so th- maybe you have it starting to a thing. Yeah, maybe it's just my podcasting shirt. I have one of the uh, Rankus. I think it should be. Just from, leave it in. From, leave it in your office. Um, yeah, I watched. I, was, I watched that 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 Penn and Teller TV show, Fool Us, where they come. People come out and do, do the trick, and they're supposed to try to fool Penn and Teller, but they film a whole block of them at once. So the host wears this like really terrible dress for like you know six shows in a row. Um, and so maybe maybe you're like the Allison Hannigan of podcasting. You're just gonna you know it's be funny consistently I, 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 dressed poorly. A long time ago, I um, when I was working at Maryland Sound, we did this thing uh, for BET Jams, or it was on the BET channel, BET Jams. I don't know. It was, it was like this mashup show where we had like Floetry with like a jazz band. There was comedian or whatever. It was like a, a variety show, and they filmed a whole season in a matter of like a week or two, and we literally did like three tapings a day or something like that. And somehow uh, Bootsy Collins was involved, like, and they yeah. had him in the audience. Had him in the audience, and I don't know if like, I don't know if he was paid to be there or it was he. Well, was why wouldn't the you? Show, Given whatever. the option, right? Like, but, of no, course you should have him involved. But 
but w- w- because we did like multiple tapings in a day, the audience changed out. But so, but they purposely moved him within the audience, so each taping he was in a different spot, and he had an outfit change. But it was all yeah. the same day, like 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 a whole season across three days, and yet he had a different outfit for each each you know, episode. Anyway, uh, Theo from from. Um, Oh shoot! Um, the Cosby Show. He was doing flowetry on that one. I met him on that. anyway. It was it was a it was a. This fun, is the first time show. in my life that I've heard the term flowetry. I guess I'm not hip and cool, Chris. Um, it's it's like slam poetry. As no, I mean, I know exa- it's a it's a wonderfully descriptive term. I'm totally on board with it. I'm just saying this is my first exposure to it. Um, <laughs> so uh, this week, our guest is my friend Michael Curtis. He is a freelance systems engineer. I'm gonna. I'm, I didn't even ask you for your bio, dude. I'm just gonna go for it. You can tell go. me if I'm like close or not. <laughs> you go a, for it. He's a freelance systems engineer. I hear a rumor that he plays the bass. Um, I do. I can show he, it to you. <laughs> he also uh, is a an educator, a trainer. He has a lot of uh, educational content on his website. He's got some online courses. He has some YouTube videos uh, where he is teaching other people how to approach uh, his his. Uh, it's basically a school of thought on systems engineering. And uh, I took his course. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and, oh, I, didn't, uh, I, didn't know you, I didn't know you took his course. I, t- I took his course, yeah. And nice. uh, I, I, uh, I'll just, uh, I've, uh, it's been cool to, to talk shop. And, and uh, it's always a pleasure when I see his name on my call ID. So, Michael Curtis, welcome to the show, man. Grateful to be here. Thank you all for having me on. Where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from my studio. I, it has speakers and sound damping it, so I guess it qualifies as a studio. In yeah. North, I live in Northwest Arkansas. You might be the first. Is it Arkansasian? How you might be the first person from Arkansas. Uh, is that right, Chris? Have we had one? Uh, Arkansan. Yeah, Arkansan. Um, Arkansan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Probably is that real? The first. Yeah. It's. I had a <laughs> call with the other guy. Uh, or actually, I was doing one of my live streams and doing live Q and A. And someone's like, "Do you actually get gigs there?" I was like, "I know it's Arkansas, but <laughs> no, there's no speakers, no speakers in the whole state. No, it's crazy. <laughs> no, all we have are jugs and spoons and missing teeth. So, hey, you know, I, I, I used to be able to play the spoons. By the way, that's a real skill. You could you could start right now, Chris. You could get back on that horse. Yeah, nothing stopping you. <laughs> Just seize the day, man. Play the spoons. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, so. You know what? We're going to reclaim. Sam's not here, but Michael, you're here. So right now, system engineers have the, the we have the majority vote here on yes. the, on the floor. Um, so sorry, Chris. We're reclaiming this shit, man. Um, we're going to get technical I, today. I, I, right? I, pl- I play system engineers sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. You, and you're like, oh, let's talk about feelings. No, no. We're going to talk about some science. It's going to be good. Oh, um, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> and feelings. We'll talk about both. I have feelings. Um, no, I, I well, and I have st- I, no, no. no <laughs> I, I we can talk technical. I'm fine with that too. Just preface. I also here, here's an area I want to go at some point, and maybe Michael, you can turn on this. Is that is uh, you know as a freelancer, I want to talk about because you do so many different things. Uh, you, yeah. you you mix and master. You do live streaming. Mm-hmm. You do system design. Install all these things. 
I want to talk about how you manage all those different rate structures for each of those things, things like that. So yeah, so we, we I got, love we it. Got, that's not it's not just headspace questions, Michael. These are logistical questions. <laughs> that's so, a I great got, question. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's start there. Go ahead, Michael. All right. So well, yeah, so like if you go to your site, right? I mean, you you do yep. mastering, you do mixing, you do um, mm-hmm. you've done presidential things, you've done corporate, you've done house of worship, you've done like all these different things. Um, mm-hmm. All of those have a wide variety of um, of of appetites and appetites um uh level of pay that you know and so i'm curious yeah. as, a, as a person who um how do you know what you're worth depending on the type of work you're doing um mm-hmm. um and you know do you choose to not do something because i could get paid more doing this Versus, if I just do X, Y, and Z, then I'm not going to get paid much doing this gig, and kind of balance that out. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's kind of broad, but no, it's a great question. How do you know what to charge? That's a that's a that's yeah. a great question. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I I love that, and I feel like as a freelancer, um, off the mistake folks who are jumping into freelancing often make is they often see people in the field who are at their best, like, you know, Pooch, for instance, you know, you're not going to see Pooch scooping ice cream. Like he's going behind a console. Like that's what he does. <laughs> right. You know, So it doesn't make sense for you to start chasing after skill sets that are not adjacent to your cork skill set. So at least he, living here in Arkansas, a smaller market, there's not all of these mm. super hyper hyper specialized people that are here getting handpicked for that one big huge thing. It's people say, Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a generally a nice guy, pretty easy to work with, and I like making things sound good. I started there. And then at that point, I just looked at what was in front of me as far as opportunities and skill sets and started to sharpen them due to my interests. I started with bass, I moved into mastering, I moved into live sound, and then chose system design. So I've chosen to keep clients in those previous ventures just because I still like that work. But each area that I've chosen to specialize, specialize in across my career, that's where I go deep and really focus. Those are the books I'm reading. Those are the thing, the relationships I wanted to develop. So I will usually end up keeping the pricing structure I kind of honed in with because the clients, at the end of the day, my mastering clients, it's a two or four projects a year with them, depending mm. on the studio. So And they're not looking at my website. They're not going to my YouTube channel. They just know Michael's the mastering guy. I send him an email with the Dropbox link. He masters it. I get it back and it sounds good. It's $80 a track. Have a nice day. So it's a very segmented audience like relationship for me. The most amount of overlap is in live because the same companies that hired me to come mix live when the pandemic hit, they pivoted to all these virtual shows. And since I had experience with post, that was easy. So I just got dragged into all those environments too. So as far as like, day rates and like knowing what to charge. If I it's a new project or a new field, I usually just start with a $500 for a day baseline. Cause that's like right now what I charge to, if I was just going to go mix a show in town for a day. True. If I'm not making at least that, that's kind of my baseline. But I also have to think in, well, I have to think about time. I have two kids. I have another one on the way. I don't want to be gone all the time. Like I've been offered to go tour. I've been offered to do like two weeks in Vegas and these ballrooms get paid eight fifty a day in these high level corporate shows. But right now, that's just not my life stage. It's not where I want to be. I don't want to be gone that much. And so right now in this market, 500, 600 a day works for local stuff. But then I charge more for travel because I'm away from my family. And the thing is, I'm grateful to be at this point in my career. Some people are saying, hey, I need to fill an A1 slot. But some people are saying, yes, I need an A1, but I want Michael Curtis on this Mm. show. 
And that's the point you want to be in oh, is where 100%. you're no longer another name on a list that gets slotted, but people are calling you because what you specifically bring to a show. And then that's when you really get to charge quote unquote, what you're worth and not let someone else decide that for you. I get there are contracts and rates and norms and I'm not going to brush all that aside, but uh, I'll say as far as day rates and stuff like that, that's how I think about it. But with the whole COVID stuff and working on these like two week projects are going to get live streamed or whatever, that was more of like a project rate. And then I was just kind of kind of kept my time in the back of my head. Um, but then for system design, I usually charge on a project rate and that's like a $800 minimum. And then I kind of, it's a sliding scale based on the scope. Like, do they already have a CAD drawing? that's really easy for me to plug stuff in and analyze and it's a simple system or am I going to have to drop the DSP diagram? Am I going to help them find someone to ship stuff for them? Dude, I have no idea who to buy from. That's going to start to inch that price up. And uh, so that's, so it's either $80 a track for mastering, a project for system design, a day rate for booking me. Uh, I'm not mixing records a whole lot. If I'm mixing, it's usually my own stuff or if I'm like audio supervisor on live streams. But again, that was mostly the pandemic. So uh, I think I turned left and right enough times to help get your next an answer, but hopefully that no. That's your I mean it's you perfect. Hit on a bunch I, of stuff I, in there, man. Yeah, I appreciate you dropping actual numbers. You know, we, we've we've oh, done yeah. our best to be as transparent with actual numbers. I know me and Kyle, and I forget. I think maybe Hannah was on or, or Sam was on. Was, anyway, well, we we talked like legit. And I might have just been Kyle and I actually. Uh, we we talked like I, at least I, from my perspective of how we hire, we try to talk legit numbers, and I think that's you. Know, we're talking off air before this is that like. New York just came on board with some other states and talking about like wage transparency and things like that. It's definitely something that needs to be brought to the forefront of these uh, conversations. Well, I want to, because I, I mean, Michael, I'm I'm the same way as you. Some stuff that I do is I'm charging hourly. Some stuff I'm charging a day rate. Some stuff I'm charging a project rate. Um, mm-hmm. That can be really difficult to navigate, and it's a huge, huge part of what I talk to my mentees about all the time is they don't mm. know how to value themselves. So, two, two things: number one is talk to your peers find yes. out what they're charging right and and, and yeah. that doesn't mean call pooch i said your peer like people yeah. who are people who are doing the same work as you with a similar skill set similar level similar scale and find out if that makes sense right because yes. if, if you fly pa for a major production company and your friend flies pa for a major production company and you both knew the same amount of time and they're getting paid four times that you're getting paid something's up yeah right so have those conversations yep. number one number two this is i don't remember who gave me this advice but it's awesome clock yourself in Get a get a time card app on your phone, mm. and regardless of what you're doing, whether it's system design or a day rate thing or mastering, clock yourself in so you can yep. sit down and see where is my time going and what is this paying me. And you start to go real quick. Wow, okay. That if you break it down hourly, this thing pays me double what everything else pays, or this thing pays me a quarter of what everything else pays. And you start to say, what do I want to prioritize here? What do I want to do more of? And another way of framing it is maybe I don't want to, maybe I want to work less. Maybe I want to work less. Yeah. Like I said, I want to spend more time with my family. What kind of job should I prioritize so I can work less? Or even getting to a point, like you said, Michael, where you just have the privilege of choosing a gig. Yes. Having that Absolutely. option, right? I have two options I can do next week, which one do I want to do. Um, having that data will help you be more informed and you have to make those decisions about where I do, where I don't want to spend my time. So I Absolutely. have a little time card app on my phone and I, and I make sure 
you know, we've all done that thing once where you're like, oh, I'll do it for this part. And then it turns into this big, gigantic thing. And you've put three times the amount of hours into it that you thought. And you're like, well, great. Now I'm making 14 bucks an hour doing something super technical. And this doesn't make sense anymore. Right. So this is how you, you prevent that type of thing, too. It's easy for us, too, in this industry that because we are passion driven to let that get in the way of mm. like, ah, oh, well, you know, I just I because we enjoy what we do. And sometimes we let that cloud, you know, what what we're worth or what we should be charging or this, that and the other. So, yeah. No, it's I love that. It's it's it only comes down to getting over imposter syndrome to value yourself that much and know that like this is what things are going for and that was definitely a battle for me but it's funny <laughs> i'm surprised no one's asked me this but why in the world is my website produced by mkc when i'm teaching sound system design it's i originally wanted to be a record <laughs> producer like pro- like work with bands and produce mm-hmm. stuff and that was like my pivot after i was like man mastering's fun but it's just two channels and I'm stuck in a room by myself all day. I want to work <laughs> with bands. I'm like, I was like really going to start like pivoting there. And I made that domain and I did it. And it was actually short time after that, I had a couple of projects that just went really poorly. I just, bands were divas. I just didn't want to have to deal with no. all that. <laughs> you should so, try that, musical theater. I hear that's better. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> Golly. Man, I, that's a whole nother hairball, man. I I could not live there. No way. When you say you're like, oh, I'm gonna do this theater show in New York, I'm like, forget it. Uh-uh. I do. I do one a year, and usually, I mean, you can ask Hannah because the last one I did was with her, and by the end of it, uh-huh. I was like, I'm fucking exhausted. Like, it is absolutely. Yes. It's just. It's one of those things that I enjoy one a year, and yep, that's, it. that's it. You know, that's my that's, <laughs> that's my saturation point. Um, so you've kind of had an interesting journey, like like you said, adjacent, yeah. like they were very small stepping stones. It's not like you went from like, I'm designing uh, firearms to I'm going to mm-hmm. tune sound systems. Like the, you, you kind of, it was incremental, but mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, the, the part of your work that I'm most familiar with is, is your work in, in sound system design uh, and training about those types of things. Is that a, is that a relatively recent move for you? Like what, where, how did mm-hmm. you get into that particular, like you said, I chose this. Like, what was yeah. that like when you're like, I think this is cool. Mm. I'm going to do this. I, so with mastering, I produced a record, an EP I was really proud of in college with a buddy of mine. And we were, you know, six weeks up till 3 a.m., like stealing the piano major's keys so we could get into the auditorium after hours so we could record drums in there. Like, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> and we finished it. I, I said, yeah, I sent it off for mastering. And at that time, I had no idea, like, I guess this can get louder and hopefully sound better. And I got it back and it sounded worse. At that point, I was like, oh, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to learn it because it, I, I it turned into a control freak. And that's why I dove in and fell in love with the craft. And I did that for three or four years. And then I got bored with mastering. I still do. I still like it, but I just can't do it all day, every day. And I had, I was at the fork in the road. I was like, I either need to double down on mastering and be like the best darn friendly neighborhood mastering engineer and make this my thing for it to work or I need to pivot. At that point, I was doing some live audio freelancing and I was doing a ton of shows and because of the local resources here and corporate stuff around here, like there were some pretty big things. And I realized I started to sense in myself like, oh, I'm kind of BSing here when it comes to knowing exactly where to place my speakers and why and how to do it in the tuning and the DSP was just a black box. And I was like, you know, if I'm going to keep growing my career here, like what's actually what's taking off here, I need to learn that. So that's when I bit the bullet and got Bob's book. Um, and that was about three years ago. 
maybe not even that much. So it's actually pretty recent. And so uh, I do want to say that it feels like, oh, you've got, you know, 50 something YouTube ch- videos and you have got a course. Like, like, I've only been doing this like at that level for less than three years. <laughs> so, um, but before that, what I left out is, you know, it was Bob's book in system design that really just kind of got me engrossed in it. And I learned that in mastering, it was Bob Katz. He's the Bob yep. McCarthy of mastering. Yep. And so I Who read also Bob has a Katz. book that's green. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yes. It's on, they're both on my shelf back <laughs> <Yes>. there. <laughs> and so I still have the third, edi- second and third edition of Bob Katz's book. And I've read the chapter on dither 17,000 times that's, before that's it stuck. One of the best written chapters in any audiobook ever. That, it's so he, it's good. a brilliant chapter, yes. And I'm so glad I had Bob Katz to set me up to like Bob McCarthy of just knowing that like I can trust this Yoda who has kind of put everything here in this thing and I can like drink from this well. So all that being said, I Ironically, knew- Yoda is also green. So I think it's, it's a, true. A, a theme here. <laughs> so to, 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 to bring it home, it wasn't until I thought about like, oh, wow, I wish my former self had someone who could take a little bit of Bob and then just spin it a little bit and present it and filter it in a different light. Cause, and that's not that Bob's information or or yours, Michael or Merlin Van Veen or anyone else who's doing really good work with this publicly. And just, I knew I wanted to learn it deeper and I knew the best way I could do it is to have to teach it. Cause if you're teaching it and not know what you're talking about, then that's, that's not good. hundred percent. Um, so if I, I used to teach at a technical school when I lived in Dallas, I taught studio production and then I helped, uh, run like the, entrepreneurship and business side of stuff too. And it was a lot of fun. I love teaching, but I got tired of having to deal with like grades and students not showing up and that kind of stuff. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it myself. And mm. I'm just going to start with YouTube and start putting stuff out there and see what sticks. And like the first month and a half I had you know, like my mom and six people on the <laughs> internet watch it. And it was like, I'm just going to admit, I'm going to do a video a week for a year. That was my thing. And I hit that in August and I'm grateful. It's uh it's grown more than six people. So, Dude. and what's great, real quick, Michael. Sorry, I'll let Go you run with this. But no, uh, the, the other Michael. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing them. You doing notice the, we na- the, we named ourselves. His says Michael Curtis right there on the screen, Chris, and sorry, mine says Michael, Michael the Handsome. So it's very handsome, clear who sorry. you're addressing. Okay, All right, yes, Michael thank the you. Handsome. Hold on one second. Yes. Um, okay. W- w- the, what I like about and, and I've learned this through the various um, things that I've gotten myself in the past couple of years. Um, is <clears throat> you probably didn't realize, uh, you know, you wanted to teach a material, all the other things that you had to actually learn about YouTube and copy and editing and graphic design and all those other yep. little things are like a whole nother subset of features that you've learned along the way that were had nothing to do with what you were actually pursuing and trying to teach and all of that. So like, that's, I know where you're coming from. I know what you went through because that's what I've been doing for the last couple of years. So I just, that's, that's sure. I, I like that part of it. Anyway, Michael, uh, the handsome. Oh, I, I was just going to say, we just did some uh, videos for version nine, uh, the program up just basic stuff like how do I make a spectrum engine right and they're like three minutes long and and we I, I filmed them and edited them and I sent them to hand and I was like alright go ahead put them up on the YouTube and I was like make sure you turn the comments off right like it's like like YouTube comments are like it's like the I call it the armpit of society man and like you, yes, you fucking put true. the waiters on and you get in there and I was like god bless him man because like that, that mm. is not for me you know I, I that's not what I want my day to look like and and um, you have to have a tremendous amount of patience uh mm. to to do those things i mean i've seen your 
you know, your streams that you do and the questions that come in and, and, you know, you answer one question, you get 82 other questions and you're like, I just answered that 20 minutes ago. Like rewind it. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, it's, it's, um, it's yeah. a, it's a just total anxiety shot to the arm, man. So uh, it takes a special kind of person to do that. But, um, one thing that I really dig about what you're doing is you are making things accessible, but you're not dumbing them down. Um, mm. And, and thank you. I think we kind of, you have to simplify to some degree if you're going to educate somebody, because if you're going to qualify every statement that you make, no one's going to learn anything. They're going to think you're a dick. Uh, but it's, it's very, very easy to oversimplify to the point that, you've given somebody information that's not actually as reliable as it might seem or mm -hmm. is such a surface level understanding that as soon as they think about it for 30 seconds, they realize that there's a bunch of holes there. And so that's kind of a tightrope that we all walk when we're trying to educate somebody is um, how do I simplify this, but not oversimplify this? And how do I, how do I give you functional knowledge without misleading somebody? Um, and I think you found a really, a really comfortable way to do that. Um, mm. And I, I think that's great because it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard, especially with something like measurement, dude. It's just, you know, things are inherently mathematical. Um, but, but you also, you have the, you you also have this, this very rare ability to go like, I don't know, you know, like, <laughs> because, because boy, it, you know, there's this, there's this real speed bump that you hit when you're teaching somebody and people are like sitting there looking at you and they like, you're in a, it's a mm. class or so like paid money for it. And they just expect you to know all this stuff. And then you yep. get the question and, and it's, you know, a lot of people really don't want to say, I don't know in that moment because it's kind of mm -hmm. feel like you're letting people down. Like, man, you know, but, but what you don't want to do is like make shit up. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. uh, so being able to go like, I don't know. And then let's think about how we could talk through this or, or let's investigate it together. I'm, I'm known for doing some wacky demonstration in class to let's, let me show you the answer instead of me telling it to you, you know, that type of thing. Um, so I think that's, I think that's cool, man. And it, uh, I also think it's needed, you know, mm. uh, it's, it's important because there's so much crazy, <laughs> there's yeah. so much crazy shit out there now. And it's just like, I can't even go on in YouTube and say, like, Oh, that's not true. That's like, you know, um, you have to wade through the 30 bad ideas to get to the good one, I guess. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's refreshing to see it done in, in a way that I think is, is ethical and responsible and accessible. I'm done. There you go. There's your, you can, I don't know, put it on your web, quote me or something. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. No, I, I appreciate that. I mean, like you said, I, I guess 98% of the time is not the armpit, but there are those 2%. Um, you know, one person I follow says a thousand good comments plus one bad comment equals one bad comment. Uh, That's the one that it, sticks with you, man. Isn't it? Like it, it is. just, like, it <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> And, you know, trying to work through that and know that there are people who, who, who are looking up to me, who are counting on me, who look forward to what I'm, what I'm putting out there and trying to focus on that for sure. But yeah, I, I just hope, I mean, there are wonderful resources like Bob's good, Bob's book, like pro sound web, like the people who have PH, not even just PhDs, but just who really, really know their stuff. It's road tested. It's coming from people who've really thought a lot of time. And those resources exist out there for free on the internet. But for whatever reason, especially this younger generation, Gen Z and below, when they can't figure out something, they go to YouTube and type it in the search bar like they're a caveman. That's, that's what they do. And so if I can just be a stepping stone a trustworthy right. voice in that wilderness can kind of help open up people. Cause I think over half my videos, I talk about someone else's work. 
Like, oh, you should get yeah. to check out Michael's book or Merlin Van Bean has a brilliant blog post on why you should overshoot your race and go watch it here, you know? And so I just hope to be a conduit and let people know that there are these other vast well of knowledge. And even like the the, the Discord server, I've learned so much from everyone in the Discord server. And like anyone that's new, it's like, hey, I want to get into this. I'm like, join it, join it, join it, join it. That's, that's what I tell them. So thank you guys for cultivating that. And girls, it's it's been amazing so i i I promise i'm just blowing smoke because i'm here on the podcast it really has been a huge uh resource for me so thank you so there's this uh time capsule effect when we talk about this like i okay i'm gonna make a video about this topic and then as soon as you finish it like two days later you i mean you and i were talking the other day about something you made a video about and you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like there's another level of understanding that I now have about this thing. Like you now have mm. old, old Michael Curtis's on there Yes, and you're always looking over your shoulder. It's like the, uh, what's the, the is it the Greek God Janus, right? In two faces, January yep. looks forward to the new year and look backward in the end. So you're always looking over your shoulder like, mm-hmm. Oh, I would say that differently now, or I would explain a different way now, or I thought it was this and now I know better. And I mean, for me, you know, someone has said, like, a lot of people, why don't you, like, have videos of yourself doing alignments or something like that? You have a couple on your website, which, which are cool. And I change my approach and my workflows evolves over time. I have I have a couple videos that, I, that are, you know, are not public, but I look back and I'm like, oh, I would I would do that differently. I would do that differently. So you're always mm-hmm. you're always changing and learning and growing. And it's just to me, it's it's a it's a it's a good thing. But it's also a little frustrating when you've got old yes. michael curtis who's saying some oh, stuff word. that you're like i would you know like so i if i had a youtube channel i would be taking them down every <laughs> they'd be up oh, for two word. days and i'd take them down you know <laughs> even even today i had a i have a video it's like how to set up like your measurement system with like a you know four channel interface one microphone and a speaker and walk through it and in that video i was like oh yeah i, I usually start in an environment with like my preamp gains all the way up just so I can know that I have level and then I kind of whatever. And then I know that like if now I know if you have your preamp gains all the way up, that's the most, one of the most unstable points in the potentiometer. <laughs> and so like you need to, to back them <laughs> off. So it's like, okay, at least it felt consistent in my interface, but yeah, I always just struggle getting enough level if I had everything coming back into my reference at neg 12. So I'd always crank my preamps, but I know it's like, Oh, I can manage that differently now. And so, <laughs> so well, yeah. okay. Here's why, here's why I don't do that. Right. Tell me someday you will accidentally hit that direct monitor button on the front of your interface and you will put your measurement mic through the PA. And when you do, you're going to be really glad that your preamp was all the way down and not all the way up. Yes. Yes. Oh my word. (laughs) (laughs) So no, Uh. I I just think, I mean, so what's you, you, it's this two sided coin, right? You're, you're learning Mm -hmm. stuff and you're doing stuff and you, you do work and you, you know, you do what I do. You go home and you look at the data again and you kind of pour over it you notice stuff and you teach yourself. And you go, okay, I'm yeah. going to improve this. And then you turn around and you show it to somebody else. So you're kind of in the middle, right? You're, you're a student yes. and a teacher all the time. I mean, how are you yep. learning? What are you doing mm. to raise your own level of knowledge and expose yourself to new techniques mm. and new workflows? Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are, how are you growing? So I, right now, I system engineering and design still enthralls me. I still love it. I still read about it every day. I'm still trying to learn. That's why I think about when I'm on a show. Like if I'm mixing the show, yeah, fine. It's mixing. I'm thinking about 
tuning? How can I make that faster? How can I make that better? So that's kind of like the, the foundation in the background. And then I usually take each quarter, I assign myself like a learning bet or a learning thing I want to go do. And right now it's networking because uh, I uh, actually got the book you edited, the introduction to show networking over oh, there. John Huntington. Uh, fantastic John Huntington. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Very yeah. handsome Shout editor. Out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, very, very <laughs> handsome editor. So yeah, I, I just got through the last chapter, about to read the conclusion. But I was on a show two weeks ago, like a really high-profile corporate gig in town. Um, and four minutes in, my accent rat goes down. Sick. And uh, I'm there. Thankfully, we had a 50-foot XLR and a 58 downstage, and like handed it up to him. But he was about to interview Condoleezza Rice in four minutes, and so uh, it was just like. Wow. Okay. And it was, it was on Dante, but the venue didn't have a secondary and I got in a rush. And so I just put in the primary and like, well, the rest of the venue doesn't have any backup, so I'm not going to worry about it. And I got pulled on other stuff. I was like, well, what I could have done is still set up a secondary line all the way back to my QL1 and have analog outputs going over to the Rio ahead of time, just in case that happened. But so I knew that like, well, I couldn't figure out exactly what happened I have some hunches why it lost clock sync. But anyway, I just knew like, well, I need to be better in thinking about how I can really make sure my network is robust. And that error led me to then to really think like, I need to really act, really know my stuff here. So I got John, mm. you know, John Huntington's book and I just finished my Dante level one certification. I've been using Dante for five or six years, but I've never got the certification. So I was like, <laughs> um, like, I'm just going to go ahead and do this. And so I got level one today, going to do level two next week. Uh, anyway, so I think it's so usually three will take you a minute. Uh, three's a monster. Three, yeah. <laughs> three is, I, I, I'm just going to say it. All right. So the, uh, you know, if, if people in the auto industry want to go for three, great. But for uh-huh. the record, like that's like Cisco admin level networking things that for the most, the average ing- audio engineer doesn't need to know or ever touch. So don't feel like that's something if you haven't reached Dante level three, that you're not sufficient enough in Dante, you know, audio knowledge, because you could definitely go your whole career and never have done Dante level three. It'll be fine. So just saying. Okay. That's really good to know. I was prepared to bite the bullet. So at least you level two. <coughs> I do knew that. Sorry. I mean, go, go for it. Try it. But I mean, like, so like, like Aram and I, we went to like when Dante level three first came out, him and I went to an in-person training. Like I went to like an all day class on Dante level three and then tried to take the, the test the next day and completely bombed. Aram did it two tries because he's freaking amazing. Um, and, um, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, it was like, listen to the class, like, if you watch, and I haven't watched the videos that they've done now for three, but it's like there is almost zero talk about anything actually audio. You're yeah, literally talking yeah. NGP yeah. snooping and all these other like things, which are very like valid things. And like if you're yeah. doing like campus wide Dante level integration on installations and stadiums and all these things, for sure. But if you're doing everyday rock and roll at corporate, it's cool if you know it, but like it's not necessary. Anyway, I, don't, I digress on Dante level three. But, but I just, what I, I do like yeah. though is it, a lot of people think like, okay, with systems engineer, like you tune the system, you design the system. Like a part of that is making sure the shit doesn't break, or yep. or fixing it when it breaks. And so you know, we were doing a local thing, and I, it was like a, I don't know, like an X three two or something, something where the stage box is just one freaking cable, right? Um, yep. There's no redundancy. So I told the vendor, bring a second cable. We're going to run two. And he's like, well, I didn't know those had redundancy. I go, they don't. But but if the cable breaks, there will be a second cable physically run. And so we're down for 10 seconds while I swap the cable over instead of being down for five minutes while we run a new cable. 
or half an hour because you didn't bring a second cable. So, so part of it is just going, if this thing right here breaks, what am I going to do? If this thing right here breaks, what am I going to do? Um, and just having yep. thought through that series of events, um, you know, there's a whole kind of logic to drive redundancy and yep. analog backup. And do I want to leave those inputs open the whole time or do I want to have to trigger them? And like what the pros and cons and do I want to, should they be in front of house where the mute is, should it be in the drive? Like all of that is a rabbit hole, dude. Um, but a lot of people haven't thought about it at all. And no. you know what? You don't, you know, there's a good time and a bad time for that to be the first time you've thought about it. Right. And <laughs> so, so in front of, in front of 5,000 people is not, is not the first time no. you want to think about that. Um, so that's part of it for me is just literally going through your signal chain in your head and saying, yep. okay, well, if this stops working, what's going to happen, you know, um, and that's, that's where you get into these things where, yes, you know, I'm asking for an extra switch or I'm asking for an extra processor or I'm asking for extra cable. Mm -hmm. And I know you think it doesn't have a home or it doesn't have a purpose, but I promise there's a plan for it, you know? Absolutely. Quick, quick PSA on redundancy. If you have all, the, if you have redundancies like that, though, in any level, whether it's analog, digital, or if it's multiple digitals, whatever, if you don't ever actually try your redundancy setup, you haven't done it. You haven't actually. You're not redundant yet, right? So if you have a backup, if you have a backup console, if you have a backup microphone, even if, even if it's your backup hardwired microphone, like you sit on the stage, is your backup hardwired mm -hmm. to your wireless? If you haven't actually tested that point yeah. if you haven't actually yeah. pulled the primary to see what happens when it fails over to the secondary you know and things like that you you still aren't actually redundant so please test the test these things anyway i'm sorry <laughs> well it's kind of like the whole oh i don't want to run a show on the backup well then you shouldn't trust it as a backup right you know what i mean <laughs> like, yeah why, like, are you put, why are you putting that work in you could have you know yeah, got yeah, more like, cookies I mean, and catering yeah i i you know, I had a switch do something weird and I rolled the whole system over to analog between songs and then was able to work through that issue, get the switch back online. Now the whole, the whole network goes redundant on this show anyway. So like it, mm -hmm. it's fine. There was a secondary network that kicked on and did its thing, but I'm like, no, nope, we're going to go to analog and I'm going to work through the switch and I'm going to power cycle it. And I'm happy with it. And then we're going to roll back over to the next song. And, and the audience doesn't know any better, but it, it takes the, I can leisurely do that and do that calmly and do that without alarming mm -hmm. anybody instead of having a fucking fire drill. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. So, so I am comfortable running my show on a secondary network. I am comfortable running my show on analog backup. If I weren't, that would indicate a problem with one of those, those systems. Right. Absolutely. I, I, I love that. And it's always a kick in the pants for me because my, on a, a spectrum of personalities and multiple different, I wouldn't call them personality tests, but profiles and knowing myself. My wife is the most pro proactive personality set. I am the most reactive personality set. So I love making things up. Not to be untruthful, but I love being put on the spot for whatever mm. reason. That's just like how I'm ticked. And so I'm constantly learning from her when I'm like, oh yeah, did we, uh, for like taking my kids to school tomorrow? I'm like, oh, did, do we remember? Like he asked this little like Halloween party to get his, yeah, his bags in the front seat of the van. Thank you. And like, shoot, how are you already there? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's, she just, she just kicks so much tail in that department. Um, and I, I want to be more like her and like you guys in that regard of like being able to think ahead. So that's, that's where, my headspace is right now is like with networking with being on shows like i'm glad that i had that analog backup of that 58 and we were fine back up in 20 seconds but still not fun all the pictures on the the huffington post the next morning is the governor holding a 58 and not <laughs> and so um 
anyway, so we got through it, learned a lot. So I, I don't know sure if that picture was actually there, but we were going to C-SPAN in 20 minutes. So that was a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know what? For me, this was actually Sam and I were just talking about this the other day because she's she's out right now and is dealing with, you know, it's it's exactly what you're talking about. It's, oh, today's venue, we can't do this. We need to mm-hmm. come up with a change of plan. And that's part of what I like about the job is is yes. what tools we have available, what's what's the best way to deploy these tools to do the solution that we're trying to get. But um, for me, I often will do something that is a, maybe call it a weird move, an atypical move, right? But if you ask me why it's a production person, manager, whatever, you ask me why I did that, why it's like that, I've got an answer for you because I've thought about yeah. it. If, you, if, if there's a shortcoming... It, you're inherently making a comp, right? Okay, thirty-eight foot steel today, so I I can't hang nine subs. I can only hang three or six. Well, okay, the production manager just goes, well, that's less sub. It's not going to be as loud. To me, that's a directivity change. This means the coverage of the system has changed, so the mm-hmm. base is going to feel different, right? Yep. So if you mention that and you say that to me, well, it's because we you know we couldn't hang as much. It. I thought about it. I considered it. I've got an answer for you. Um, to me, that sets a real tone with the people you're working with um, that it's being done for a reason. I, I it's kind of like, like mm-hmm. I don't want to cry wolf. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm, I'm asking for something for a particular reason. I promise there's a reason for it. It's not, I'm not just out here making shit up as I go. I just thought of something. I, I thought of something though. Right. So we, we, we've talked, we've talked about that mindset, you know, having a reason why you do something. We've talked about troubleshooting. I think there's a correlation here in troubleshooting mm-hmm. and having a reason why you do things, right? Because if you have a reason mm-hmm. why you do things, you often will know where to troubleshoot first. I, th- I think there's a there's a strong intersection there. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Uh, Other Michael. I mean, <laughs> the less handsome Michael, um, <laughs> but still very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like having. Um, I love. You know, kind of going back to original thought of kind of building adjacent skill sets where you're at. Mm-hmm. It's kind of t- there's a fantastic book called Range by David Epstein. It's like why generalists trump in an age of specialization. Very provocative title. Still not true, even though he I think he set out to make that point in his book. The point he's actually making is specializing too early will stunt your growth because you don't have enough scaffolding to stand on. Mm-hmm. And so being able to kind of build these adjacent skill sets to each other that you can draw from, like, just like you mentioned, Michael, being able to walk up to the music director and say, Hey, where's the, the, the sharp four in that chord? Who's yeah. singing that? Right. You knew that because you studied music and same thing. Like I studied music, being able to relate to be like, Oh man, did you get the, the New York excels? Are you a Elixir guy for your guitar strings? Like that instantly creates that bond. And so all that being said, transfer that over to like troubleshooting if you're able to take these mental models that you can apply and these similarities it's 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 not so um firm and in place that it's law it's not so lax that it's just oral tradition but it's a framework that's kind of sat in the middle of like Mm. i know these things are going to work and kind of be transfer so like if you always do your mix buses where one through eight are always wedges, and then you save your eight through 16 for PA outputs, like you instantly have saved yourselves like a couple cycles of thinking about like this floor, which went down, which output it is. And so being yes. able to. Have, yeah, limiting variables, dude. That's that's my yes. gospel right there. Like I, I use the same color coding all the time, I use the same yep. labeling all the time. Uh, that, that's a huge, huge, huge part of my workflow. But the other thing, too, is thinking very clearly about your signal flow, understanding. So, you know, we're mm-hmm. on the show. And 
PA left is all of a sudden silent. Okay. So it could be the AES feed out of the mixing console. It could yep. be the front of house DSP. It could be one of the drive racks is offline backstage. There are so many places mm-hmm. and 300 feet of cable in between where there could be a problem. But I look over at my drive rack and I can see remotely because I'm monitoring. I can see the meters are going on the DSP that's in that drive rack on stage right. Yeah. So I know yeah. my signal's making it that far. So now all of a sudden I know I know I've very eliminated mm-hmm. 90% of those possibilities in five seconds. Right. Yep. Because I had yep. the presence of mind to go, well, I am metering there. So that means my network's up because I can see the meters on my screen. And it means that processor is getting signal. So it has to be downstream of that processor. And that means that's either power distro or, you know, something. so so now I know I need to run to that drive rack and look. And so I think if you're not paying attention to those things, and that's not a mm-hmm. skill thing, it's just a presence of mind, familiarity with your tool set. I could go, oh, maybe the console's offline. Oh, maybe my front of house. Like, I'm going to go down 10 dead ends first and I'm yep. going to waste time. And, you know, you also, there's a part where, you know, people see you panicking or freaking out and you don't know what the problem is. That's not a good look. So, absolutely. You know, like just having the presence of mind to do things like check your metering and figure out where the signal chain is intact and where it's not and, and be able to very quickly zero in on the issues. And that's, that's, that's a huge part of troubleshooting where you can, like I said, have a high level familiarity with your system. I understand yep. how it's wired, how it's driven, how it's laid out. Um, and that's tough. You know, analog, dude, it's like, well, a cable comes out of here and it goes into there. So <sighs> these two things are connected. And when you get into something like Dante, right now, all of a sudden, yep. that is not as clear. So I think you have to take some some time to familiarize yourself um, with I w- when I walked into Solo Tech the, f- the first day of prep in February, January. Um, they were like, well, here's the system and there's a drive rack here and there's a drive rack here and it's AVB and it's analog. And I said, okay, what is physically connecting these two racks? Like, show me the actual mm-hmm. cables. And I made like literally, okay, well, it's a 12 pair analog and it's two fibers. And pa-. I'm like, okay, I'm building a mental schematic mm-hmm. of someone mm-hmm. else's system. I don't have the advantage of being familiar with the system because I didn't build it. I'm walking into it, but I'm still responsible for it. So like, I'm literally like point physically point to me, the things that are connecting where and where, and that's how I'm building a little map in my head. You know what I mean? Oh, and I was nerdy. super impressed. I love it. And, and you <laughs> think about the show that you did, you did Chris with the, with the parade for the Eagles, that had to be one heck of a mental map to pull, pull all that off. Yeah. that one i still look back i mean it's you know it was yeah there was that was years of just so many different things that just culminated at once and Uh you know and then it's like and i feel bad when people ask me about it because i'm like yeah, you know, for for those who don't know, yes, the the largest outdoor event in Philadelphia history was the Philadelphia Eagles Parade. I got to design the system and mix on it, right? Um, all within a week's time frame, which is which is a, miles a few, you know, long, people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literal <laughs> mile. Yeah, little it was yeah, a little over a mile of audio continuous audio coverage. Um, and oh, um, man. and but it's like, but when I when I get back and think about it, it's like you know, but. It's it, it's like when you're you're explaining like an like an analog console to someone and like you're like man you know what those knobs do it's like yeah well as long <laughs> as you know what like one row uh, of this does you know what the rest does it's like it's the same thing like with like a mile of coverage it's like 
once you cover the one area, as long as you do the coverage distance or pattern or whatever, it's like you just continue. You know what I mean? Like, so there's like part sure. of it where, but yes, I know it's way more complex than what I'm making it sound like, I guess, but um, and I forget how you teed this up. But yeah, it was, I mean, that was uh, interesting and an interesting challenge of culmination of experiences and, and just, yeah, put them together all at once. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I harp on with those in church world who might come to me because I, 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 you know, I volunteer at my home church and some people see production like, oh, I want to get started with it, do whatever. And that's the biggest thing I harp on people who are in house of worship world is like you are comfortable. Everything is done for you. You just show up in white glove it. That is not how the real world works. So if you want to get out there, <laughs> you need to know no, that's your a, that's system. A, yeah, dude, that's a real fucking thing. Like you, it like, is. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you move faders. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like not oh, to belittle that, but but you are not prepared for yes. everything else that happens around the ninety minutes where you move faders. Yes, and again, if all you want to do is be able to show up and move faders, and then then go to Sunday school or whatever, that's fine. That's, that's fine. I'm not dogging on someone wanting to do it. Like my both my brother in law and father in law volunteer at their church, and that, that's great. And they run sound; it's great. So the Thanksgiving dinner is all audio nerdery, and so um, and so it's it's pretty fun. But I would say that's my table talking- too. But it's just me talking to myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love it. Uh, while you're drowning your sorrows in smoked turkey, that's uh, that's what I like to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I love it. Now, um, so all that being said, it's just if any, like I'll go, come do trainings at churches, and that's the biggest thing is people's like, hey, can you save the console file you made for us? We need to capture all your cheat codes. I'm like, you need to be making these. You need to yeah. learn these tools. You need to, and I, again, no one has, not all volunteers have the bandwidth or capacity or desire to do that. But for those who may be toying with the idea of like, oh, I want to freelance on the side or doing whatever, that's the first thing I challenge them to do is like, can you make a map of your own system in your head? Do you know mm-hmm. how, how and where signal is getting to the stage box? How is it fitting your live stream? You know? Oh, well, man. We had an interaction with someone at a trade show. And, you know, and they were new to the industry and they were like going to all these classes and they're like, I feel like I should do more networking, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, hey, I said, hold on. I said, focus on capturing in your brain how, how sound gets in a microphone and out of speaker. Right, just just at its core, right? Like, I love it. Focus on that first (laughs) before you worry about you know how you do your Dante network and this, that, and the other. And it's like, you know, yeah, it's there's it's 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 so funny how it's it's not glamorous, right? But I mean, freaking signal flow is everything. It really is. I mean, that's if that's a if that's the one thing that going to audio school taught me. and, and I, I would say my dad, too, growing up, I mean, he taught me this as well. But, I mean, yes, signal flow is everything, whether it's digital or analog. You yes. know, being able to know a path, you know, whether it's a path within a DSP, whether it's a path in an amp rack, whether it's a path between a full system, all those things, the signal flow is everything. I had this uh, pretty – in retrospect, it was, it was unintentionally brutal. Uh, question that I asked. I was doing a training for people who are not professional audio engineers. Some of them were amateur musicians. That's it. They had a, you know... Don't talk like about a, a listeners little, like little, that. Little, no, it was like one of the Mac DLZ or the... I'm joking. One of those little, you know, the little analog mixers that everybody has, you know? Yeah. Uh, 12 channels, you know, 8 preamps and, and high-pass filter. Yeah. Get, one of those little guys. Yeah, yeah. The, or the what's the, the VLZ, right? That everybody has, or the Mix Wizard. Mm-hmm. All of that, you know, 500 bucks, one of those things. 
So I made flashcards. I got index cards and I did preamp, high pass filter, insert point, EQ, fader, mm-hmm. mute, pan. Oh, and, and it had right? like rearrange them? You put these in the order, not that they are on the surface of the console, but the order that they actually are in the circuit, the order in which Ooh. the signal goes through these things. Mm. And boy, that's fucking hard. That's a hard fucking thing for people to do, man. And it, and you immediately yeah. go like, I don't understand how this works, right? <laughs> so so like yeah. it, it ended up being soul crushing by accident. But um, the, the realization <laughs> is, wow, I don't understand signal flow because the way that these Michael are the soul on crusher the handsome. surface, you know, it's not... That's not always how it is in the in in the circuit, man. That so reminds me about. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just, it's it's uh, and then and then you go, okay. Well, let's let's learn this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it reminds me of a book. Have you read Ultra Learning by Scott Young? No, I have not. It's brilliant, and he he has a little exercise of just how you discern if you actually know something at its core versus you think you know what it is. Yeah, and he he said, I want you to draw a bicycle from memory on a page and he asks you to do it like in the book and like he shows several drawings when he's done this in person and like doing the actual like the way the triangles fit together and like the handlebar goes this way and this is how it gets down to the chain and this is the wheel sits like i'd be hard pressed for either of you to accurately draw to scale what a bicycle and the frame actually how it fits together and that's something we think like oh yeah i could spot i mean spot a bicycle i could look and recognize that but like can you actually in your mind mm-hmm put together and he ultimately comes down to hard recall is the uh best way to actually cement something but it's usually the last tool we use to learn because it's easiest just to read something again or watch another video but until you're sitting with a blank screen or a blank page and have to recall something from scratch that's when you actually know it's there and then you have to articulate it um so that's what encourage people to boo is if they're having a hard time remembering something or wrestling with it, is like, even if you recall it wrong in your brain, that is still a better learning moment than just reading a paragraph well, you, again. You find out where the holes are. Exactly. And that's why we say, you know, but during COVID, we moved to an online structure mm-hmm. for teaching people smart. And, and a lot of that class is watching me do it or yeah. watching Jamie talk about it. And then you do, you know, there's a part where we give you a lab book and we go, hey, you you have your DSP and your computer and your measurement mic, and we want you to do these the following things. And that's where people go, wait, I don't understand how to set the gain on this, or I don't remember yeah. where that control is, because it's really easy to watch somebody else do it and go, yeah, I get it. Yep. But as soon as you try to do it, you're like, I don't get it. And so what we realized is, hey, this practical hands-on stuff, even though it's 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 the least um, convenient part of it for people because they're like, well, now I got to mm-hmm. get a speaker. Like I have to get a DSP. Like, yeah, you have to get stuff and plug it together. And it's a lot more work than sitting there and watching a computer screen. But that is by far the most effective way to get people to actually understand this. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm infamous for when people come out to shadow me. Uh, and I can't do it all the time, obviously. But, you know, if, if, it's, if it's an appropriate environment, I go... Oh, okay. We're going to tune the system now. Okay. You tell me where to put the mic. You drive. You drive the computer. I'm going to be your mic runner. And they're like, wait, what? Because they thought they were going to be the mic runner. It's like, no, no, you're going to do it. Because watching it. me go through the steps, you go, yeah, okay, I get it. No, I want you to think through the steps. Where should I go? Where do I put this mic? Now you have to start thinking about stuff. Right? So that that is it scares the shit out of people who don't know I'm going to do that to them. But it's way, way, way more effective for them actually retaining something useful. 
So I guess I just gave yeah. it away. So if anybody's listening, like forget uh-huh. I said that. And, yeah. <laughs> and and that's what it pays in your local area to have someone who's ahead of you doing gigs just beyond your grasp that's helping bring you along and put you where you're just kind of doggy paddling in the mm. kind of deep end where you're not going to drown. Like they're not going to leave you. And that was one of the probably the most formative audio experiences is here. You know, there's a large multinational retailer in town that has three different corporate venues in town. That they have meetings in and high profile stuff all the time. And I got thrown in there. Uh, just, just like, okay, here's 16 channels of Dugan. There's eight lavs, eight Q&A microphones, eight handhelds, all live all the time. Or it'll, I guess the lavs go on and off stage, but like I had to make sure and like know how to whack them all and listen to the cues and the side conversations and then the video roll and bringing them out. And like, you know, people for whatever reason, dog on corporate, like, ah, just someone on the podium. Like you got to be on top of your stuff to keep up like with all the cues and rolls and transitions. And it was someone who believed in me before I was actually ready for it. Kind of put me in there. It was kind of over my shoulder was really when I got my chops there. And so I, um, I'm just forever grateful for that amount of trust in me, people seeing that in me and now getting to at least do that somewhat through a remote means, but ultimately encouraging people to like, no, you have to make this real in your own context with your gear. Mm-hmm. You can't just watch me do it. Right. Um, so, and the extension of that is, you know, it's, it's happening more and more as our community is growing. Like I, I'm asked to recommend people for stuff. Um, mm-hmm. you gotta be really careful with that, right? Because like, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah, I know him because he's in the same discord server as me. So I'm sure he's totally qualified. Like that's not real, right? Yeah. That's not a thing. So, yeah. so you have to be careful, but at the same time, I really hate how closed loop the industry is in a lot of ways. Yeah. And yeah. if someone's subbing for you on a gig, you probably have their number on your phone. And it's just like, I get why that's a thing, but also how do we expand this and how do we give younger people who are smart and prepared and knowledgeable, but don't have 10,000 things on the resume. How do we get them an opportunity? So yeah. for me, when I'm thinking about somebody and I go, gee, are they qualified? And I'm wondering whether or not they're ready. If I'm on the fence, they're ready. If I'm, if I'm mm. unsure, they're going, I'm going to do it. And and they're going to go because when I look back, I wasn't fucking qualified for anything that I was doing the first time I did it. I wasn't right. So it, and then sometimes you're like, well, they're obviously not ready yet. And they're just, they just don't yeah. know there's something to know yet. And then I'm not going to send them and, and I'm not going to put them in that situation. And that's, nobody wins. But, but if I'm on the fence about somebody, I'm just like, no, I'm going to do it. Um, because that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's where they show up and they, they lock it in, man. And they learn a ton. And yes. They, I've never had that go wrong on me. You know, it's always been great, and they're always just like, "Yeah, this person was awesome, and they were, they were fantastic." And um, and so I'm. That's I don't know, man. It's my little way of filing down the edges of this big shitty like mechanism that the industry is right now. And I, I'm not going to claim that it's making any real difference, but but there have been, you know, a, a more than a couple things in the last nine months or so where I was like, eh, they're probably ready. Yeah, and then they go and they do great. They do awesome, you cool. know. So like, I I'm just trying to get, trying to train the people I interact with as a whole to like, yeah. I know you haven't heard of this person. That doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. You know. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to send you a goofball. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> like we we just need to be more. Um, we all we all got that shot that we maybe shouldn't have gotten. We all got that shot, yep. but we don't want to give it to anybody else. And that's bullshit. It, 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 and look, it's look. I'll say from a cup like you know, I'm as a as a company guy and having full timers that work for me. I mean, that's one of the hardest things. Yeah. You know, uh, from a putting you know freelancer. Oh no, sorry, 
full timers that I have who are you know, coming up within our company and training them, and um, you know, because it, it's, I mean, yeah, uh, that um, knowing. You know, not like there's the that line of not set not setting someone up to fail, um, right. uh, or yourself as a company to fail, but like mm-hmm. giving just enough, right? Like it's just it's 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 you know, um, and it it's tough, right? Because I mean, it, let's be honest. I mean, the the quality of a show from a company perspective, that's could be millions of dollars on the line <laughs> because it's not yeah. just that one it's not just that one show right like that's that's unfortunate the stakes sometimes that are at this you know and then that mm-hmm. that's where it becomes you know uh yeah it's i mean yeah that's the thing and, and that's the other problem when you've got a big company like solo tech going hey can you recommend somebody and i'm like this dude knows all of this science and all this math and he's good to get along with he's just he he's never toured on that scale before they want to protect their their brand. They sure. want to protect their service. Like I totally get it. You know what I mean. So, yep. but the thing is, it's like, hey, you call me because you need somebody. You know, sure. and yes. and there are five super qualified people that I would usually recommend to you, but they're all booked right now, as is everybody. So here you go. Yeah. And it's and it always works out. I think, you know, that's just something that that it's it's a mindset that I I've been thinking about a lot and and kind of how do we do that? You know, I, a couple years ago, Cat came up to hang out with me for a show. It's a local cover band thing. It's like, you know, 400 tickets in the in theaters. So it's like it, the president's not visiting or anything like that. Right. So it's not a super high stakes, high profile thing where there's millions of dollars on the table. So I go, Hey, uh, here's how many subs we have. You figure out how you want to deploy them. Okay. You can do cardioid. You can do broadside. You can do grading, whatever, and fire, whatever you want. And she was like, Oh, no one's ever, I never had to make that decision before. I said, well, you, mm. you think you figure out what you want to do and we'll do that. Whatever you decide is what we're going to do. Now, I'm there, and I'm responsible for the show, and I'm not going to make sure some crazy shit happens. Like, I'm not going to let it go south. But in a very real way, I was like, whatever you decide, that's going to be the design for this show. I love that. You know what I mean? And so it was like, she's like, well, I never had to think about that before. And, and she said, let's do End Fire. And I said, great. And we did it, and it was great. You know? Yeah, so, it's, called, um, it's, called, it's called empowering people. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, and, and and it's she knows what an fire array is. She's tuned him a bunch of times at that point. She it wasn't new knowledge. It was just that she was the one who made the call, and that was a new element. So I, I when I can, mm-hmm. I try to and, try and to you put would people you in would have stepped you if if for whatever reason her or the person in that scenario would have picked a solution that would have failed, you would have stepped in and say, hey, this won't work. Because let's be honest, there's there's obviously a lot of, I mean, you know, all the different, you know, sub-configurations you mentioned, they'll all work in their own right. Some may have better results than others, yeah, or true. whatever, yeah. right? So no, I'm not going to say I'm not going to I'm not going to let her make a mess of it, um, or or ruin the show or anything. Like I mean, I I literally had a dude one time who uh, decided he was going to do cardioid and had it. It was firing backwards. Yes, you know, into into the parking lot behind the stage, and it's like, hey, you didn't walk this, did you? <laughs> you know, so um, I'm not going to let you do a show on that. We're going to fix it, but yeah. you still, you still need to. I promise you this: he's never messed that up again. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like that that mistake will not be made again. The the thing that I was just telling you, Michael, with the direct monitoring and the the, the measurement yep. mic through a PA, I will never do that. Yep. And the reason I, I know I will never do this because I did it once and I'm never going to do it again, right? So those are the things that, like, if someone's holding your hand and slapping your hand out of the way so you don't get burned on the hot pot all the time, you don't have any of those things. You're just doing shit because mm-hmm. someone else told you not to do it. Whereas, like, 
the gripping fear of, of doing something that stupid. You go, well, I learned that fucking the hard way. I'm never doing it again. Right. So, um, I, I, I try to, I, I mean, I push people pretty hard. I really do. I, I never put them at risk. I never put my client at risk sure. I never put the show at risk, but, but I try to push them out of their comfort zone and get them thinking about things and make sure there's a real fucking consequence to the decision they're going to make. And then, and then, you know, we'll talk about it all day, but, um, it, that's, that's just, it's, it's kind of a newer thing as I'm watching the trend of the industry. We've got so many younger people coming up and smart fucking people. I mean, there are people who are 21 years old and know more about the shit than I did when I was 31 years old. It's insane. And those people are going to be fucking monsters when, when they're 31. Yes. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, yes. they, they need to, they need to screw it up and they need to learn from those mistakes and they need to, to struggle. And so it's not about babysitting. It's not about coddling. I just want to make sure everybody's safe and everybody's, looked out for but at the same time yeah like i'm gonna push you past past the point where you're comfortable because that's when you're learning stuff all right michael you said we weren't going to headspace questions so i'm going <sighs> but i'm gonna bring a headspace question in please so, that's, that's, that's what i do it is what um, you do that's true all right so i it's funny I've, I've been thinking about how to ask this differently but there almost isn't a way to ask it differently um specifically on your teaching and um, the YouTube things and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. What have you learned about yourself through that journey? It's a great question. I've, I've learned that it's not until the video is done and that it's shipped that the complete process of me learning something new is done. Um, it's, it's like, just like someone has a, uh, they want to be a hip hop producer and they have a beats folder. Like, oh, I got like 75 half finished beats in my beats folder. <laughs> that means you have zero records on the radio right, or songs right. on the radio. Right. And so now that I have, you know, a year's worth of stuff, it's like, oh, wow, I have 52 reps of me thinking about something, trying to distill it, teach it, deliver, and it's out there. And that is cool. And I can see in myself and look at every single video I've made. I'm like, that was what I learned having to teach that or what is now solidified deeper within me. So it's been cool to see that journey on such a regular basis. It's awesome. That ha that happens on shows. Like you finish a show and you had to solve a really unique problem and it was there, but to have that be regularly baked into my schedule was really cool. I've learned um, that I have a somewhat codependent personality that can flare up because now I have 6,000 people who care what I think. <laughs> and so not letting YouTube comments dictate my mood for the day, you know, Boy, that's a tough one, dude, man. It just, I don't want to give that much power of how I feel over right. to people, uh, keyboard cowboys, well, but that's very well, real. I've, so, re so related question. Um, yeah. it, it's so funny, like, because the whole YouTube thing, cause you can go like, oh, if, you know, whatever, 25,000 subscribers, pick a number, right? Like your mom yeah. thinks that's fucking super impressive. That's a lot of people, right? Yeah. Like that's a population of my yeah. hometown. But what they don't understand is like in the world of social media, that's a fucking drop in the bucket. It's oh, nothing, yeah. Right. But, but there's still, like you said, there's all these people who look up to you and yeah. look to you for guidance and trust you. And yeah. you all of a sudden have an ethical burden. Yes. Right. And you all of yes. a sudden have to deal with the ego of yep. you know they're like look at this guy he's he's this great expert and i pay him money to teach me things and you're like i you're like i'm just telling you about this thing that i did last week and all the ways i screwed it up you know what i mean so so yes. our lens of it 
is very different than how when somebody goes and looks up a video and they want to learn something and they find this person yes. who's well-spoken and knowledgeable and clearly. And yes. It's very easy to, this is, you know, like, God bless you, dude. I don't, I don't do YouTube, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, is there, is there an element of ego versus humility there? Do you struggle with mm. that? Uh, or, or the mm -hmm. responsibility of, holy shit, I just told, I just told, I mean, dude, you and I did a video. We were talking about system design, and it came out like yesterday. And I went and looked at it. So there's like I don't know, thirteen hundred views on it. So yeah. It's I, like, so I, for the record, I'm, I'm looking at his YouTube channel, right? Yeah. So you're almost six thousand subscribers, right? Um, or you're at six thousand. Uh -huh. Some of your video views, like thirty thousand. The average uh -huh. looks like around five thousand a video, and you know, ten thousand. Uh -huh. This one, thirty. That that is that's not, well. That's that's, that's what I'm saying because <laughs> I mean, so look, I work for Live Sound International magazine, right? And, and yeah. sometimes things slip through, and this thing goes out to the world, and there's a mistake, and you're like, well, I just told X thousand people mm -hmm. something that's not true, and that fucking sucks, man. Like, it, if yeah. you care, if you're the kind of person who cares, there are some yes. people who don't fucking care. Michael, you and I have talked a lot about this. There, yeah. If you're positioning yourself as an educator, you have to care whether or not yes. things you say are true. And that's something I, yes. I take very seriously. And you and I yes. have talked about it. I mean, what's your headspace on all of that? Like the ego yeah. and the ethics. And boy, you could write a book about that shit, man. Oh, my word. It's it's So just like you said earlier, I've managed to stumble in this position where I don't say, hi, I'm Yoda from on high, nor <laughs> am I Luke on Tatooine either. I'm, I take it you're you know, a Star Wars fan, by the way. I've actually never seen a movie all the way through. Oh, uh, there's like three Star Wars references this, in this episode alone, and you're not I, a fan. Just everyone knows who Yoda is. That's the only reason. Um, well, again, I live under, like, I don't watch TV. I'm not on any other social media. So when everyone says, like, hey, did you catch that show? I'm like, who's Ted? Ted, <laughs> like uh, whatever. Is that because they don't have uh, cable in Arkansas? No, I'm just kidding. I'm checking. I'm checking. Oh shit! <laughs> no, we have to wait for Gophers to run stuff back and forth. <laughs> um, so, so, so yeah, that headspace, I have just tried to say, here are these people who I've tried to wrestle with and learn from. Here are these nuggets that I'm digging out, and now I'm just filtering it through my own experience. And here, I hope this is helpful. For for you. Mm -hmm. So when I st started to get views and get traction and people actually get comments, like it was cool to be like, oh, wow, this is actually meaningful to people. And I get some of the nicest emails from people from all over the world. So like when I did my last live stream stuff, it's like this dude was staying up until 3 a.m. his time to attend every single one of my live streams when I launched my course. And I was just like, whoa, that blew me away. Mm -hmm. This guy in the Philippines uh, to be there. Um, and, and, and you know what? He emailed me and he was like, Hey, I, I watch every single one of your videos. I want to do this for a living. I'm passionate about it. I'm in a really tight spot financially, but I want your course. And I said, here, here it is. Just send him a link. And I was just like, if you are saying you are that committed, I'm not going to let that barrier be there. I just send him a coup. Like here, here it is. And so not that like, I thought like God's gift of generosity, but just like, those people who are that passionate about really knowing their stuff, engaging with it with growing is, is why I get up and I get up and share it. You know, selfishly it's beneficial yep. to me because I know it better. It's a lot of fun for me. I like teaching inherently, but when I have people who are there because they want to make it their own and mm -hmm. they want to have it learn. And granted, YouTube comes a lot of crap too. Like there are people who are just going to be jerks and have to deal with it. But I have to know that, uh, there are people out there like that guy in the Philippines who just they're hungry and they want it. And that's, that's why I put it out there. So as far as ego, like if the subscriber count grows, I'm every time I make a topic, 
I'm thinking about one person who this would be helpful for. Mm-hmm. They've asked me a question or it's a situation. So you should always make something for one person. And then if it happens to be helpful for many, amazing. And so, but again, it was literally one person in the beginning <laughs> when I made my first. That, it's like, <laughs> that's like the same concept of this podcast, right? Like, here's the deal. Yes. Right. The three of us would have this. If, if we came to your hometown, you came to visit us or whatever, we'd be having this exact same conversation. Yep. If y'all want to sit in your car or wherever you are and listen to this right now, so be it. Right. No, it like is. I mean, Michael and I have talked for hours on the phone, like literally the same shit. I mean, it's no different. Yeah. And, and that's, you, so- <laughs> I was right here. I sent my first email to you, Michael, asking because I was going to make a video that talked about smart, but yeah, I know I there's, it, you know, the trademark and like just being sensitive, like you guys have your own education. I just want to say, how can I as an educator who doesn't belong to rational acoustics talk about your software respectfully? And how can I do that? Well, um, and just like, I don't want to claim to be the expert on it. I just, I'm going to use the tool. How can I do that? Well, and then I get a call from Rome, New York on my phone at nine o'clock at night <laughs> after I sent the email. I was sitting right here and I'm just like, I guess this is Michael because I just knew you in New York. And then we yes. talked for an hour and a half and I go back to my wife. It's like 1030. She goes to sleep at 845 and like, you woke me up. I'm like, Michael freaking Lawrence just called me. Like, <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. Michael the handsome freaking yes. Lawrence. Yes. Yeah. And I was so amped, man. And I was like, wow. It's like, because like, and you know your stuff and we're very generous and like helpful and, and supportive. And I was like, man, that's cool. And now they're like, you know, here I am talking with you guys just to know that like how quickly, you know, people who are like men minded, who want to see people grow and learn and make this mm. craft better and make this industry yes. better is a beautiful thing. And so, uh, to be a small part of that on my little corner of the internet is is a privilege and happy to share what I know. Uh, awesome. I always I always tell the story, uh, and I did it again. I did it again at AES this year because you do a talk and people come to talk to you, and a lot of college kids at trade show like that. Yeah, and and they always go like, "I want to do this. What should I do?" And I always say the same thing. I go, I always finish these talks and I go, out of the fifty fucking people who say they're interested, like one will actually follow through. And I yes. go, what you should do is make me have to stop saying that. I go, I'm fucking sick of saying that. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to mm-hmm. not have to say that anymore. Yeah. And I got two emails this year. You know, I, <laughs> I got two emails from two people that. Hey, double so, your money. Yeah, man. it is right. It's plus 60 B. So like that's the, 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 the one person who sat through that yeah. and took something away and thought it was helpful enough to send me an email. That's like you said, man, that's why I want to do like, I don't need to talk about it again. You know, like Bob doesn't need to talk about array theory. He's not doing it for him. He's doing it for the one person who wants to fucking hear it. And if there's one person who wants to hear it, he'll talk to you all day. And, and, and that's been such a model for, I like, that's how I met Ethan Weiner. I literally had a question and I called him at his house. I looked up his phone number and I called him at his house and he didn't know the fuck I was. And I just started asking him shit and he talked to me as long as I wanted. It's cool. Right. So, so for me, it's just like, Hey, you're interested in this. That's cool. I'm interested in that too, because that one, that one person out of 50, those are your Hannah's who go, I want to do this. And then they, you know, they do it or your Sam's. I mean, Sam fucking, I tell the story all the time. Same thing, you know, cat too. these, these people that I might kind of first generation mentors who have now all moved on to do awesome shit. That's I'm like, yeah, that's why I want to, you know, I said said the other day, like, hey, I have empty nest syndrome. Like, I don't have any more mentees. They're all like on tour or working for awesome companies, and I need more. I need more mentees. Fresh meat. Yeah, and and Sam was like, why do you fucking do that to yourself? She's like, you're you're so fucking busy. Like, you don't sleep. Like, that's a stupid. And I'm like, because maybe it's another you. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe it's another yeah. Hannah or another Wes or, 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 I mean, that's, that's why I do it, man. I'm not, um, um, it's not about the 10,000 for me. It's about the one. Yes. Um, and I, and Chris <laughs> to tell you this too. I fucking hate, I hate the megaphone. I absolutely hate the megaphone where stuff goes out to 15,000 people. It's so fucking one directional. You're just spraying it like a shotgun. It's not a dialogue. We're not discussing shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, call me up, man. Send me an email. Like, I want to have a conversation about this. Yes. I don't like this. I'm going to post a shit on Facebook and just launch it out to people. Like, I don't have a Facebook. So now there's a whole bunch of people talking about some shit that I said. And I'm not even, I'm not even a party to the discussion. And it's so easy to get miscontextualized or decontextualized or misunderstood. Yes. I hate the megaphone. I hate it. Um, I realize there's an iron in me saying that here but again we started this we started this show it was it was literally it was hey mom i get to talk to jimmy akabuski on the phone tomorrow like that's what it was and if other people have chosen to listen to it that's fine but like for me it's like dude i want to talk to jimmy akabuski on the phone like that's 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 you know so i i am very that's why i like the discord i spend the time that i spend interacting with people i spend on discord because it's a conversation Yes. It's not it's not somebody launching shit off of a mountain somewhere. <laughs> it's like that's yes. <laughs> picture the, no, the sure. alpine horn, <laughs> like the Ricola yeah, yeah. commercial. That's what I'm yeah. picturing, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, all right, so Michael Curtis, we're coming to Arkansas to visit you. Where are we going for lunch? Where are you taking us? It's or so dinner. easy. No lunch. I want lunch. Oh, you want local lunch? Lime. Okay. What's it's that? called? Lo- local lime. It's Arkmex. Whoa. Archmex. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. We got to slow down for a second. Archmex. Yeah. I've never heard that it's term before. It's like flowetry, only for tacos. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Arkansas's take. It's, it's basically like really, really good modern Mexican food. And here's, here's exactly what we're getting. I'll give you the three-course meal. Their oh, margarita shit. is fire. Okay. okay. Uh, margarita is fire. They're salsa you can they have six total you can pick three and their chips are really good and we're gonna get the zucchini salsa we're gonna get the the, whoa yeah i know you're like wait zucchini but it's and there's a tomatillo verde salsa and that's this chili uh uh, black chili salsa that's unreal and their queso so we're doing that and they're getting the ribeye tacos Oh my God. Or you the trees. You were ready for this question, man. You were. I was. Prepared. I'm not ready for the other one, but I'm ready for this one. Because <laughs> anytime a new freelancer comes to down and does a show with me, I'm like, we're going to local Lime, and that's where we go. And they're never disappointed. So. Arc Max. That so, is. So, all right. Before Chris does this question, Michael, you talked a little bit about your course. Where can, where can people go? If they're interested in your course, they want to check out what you're doing. Where's the best place to go? Yeah. So, not Michael Curtis Sound System Tuning.com. Produced by MKC.com, even though that's all, <laughs> uh, is, is where you can find my website and you click a button at the top that says learning and it's a, it'll take you to the course. And it, that's where all future courses will be. I'm working on another one right now. Um, it's there. Uh, if you don't got the bones for it, just drink up every YouTube video you can then come back later. <laughs> but that's where it is. It's been a lot of fun. It's called Making Sense of Sound. So produced by MKC.com slash Making Sense of Sound. And I started there. Uh, because it's super sexy to talk about line array theory, but if you don't know what the heck wavelength is, you'll drown. So mm-hmm. I started there so people can start to build the alphabet and now we'll start making words. And so it's uh, amplitude, velocity, wavelength, atmospheric and acoustic conditions. And I'm missing one. It's too late. It's past my bedtime. But anyway. Decibels. De- yeah, yeah. The, 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 See, I took the, the course. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. 
Thank you. <laughs> Understanding the decibel scale. And then it has like three exercises that kind of combine them all together into real world system tuning. Um, so yeah, that's there. It's, it was a lot of fun to put together. You can check it out. I'm grateful that Michael went through it and, uh, the reviews so far have been, uh, positive. So I hope you would, uh, take it as well. Awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll post a link too in the, um, in the description of any podcast player that you happen to be listening. Vandabar. And we'll say this, I, I, this was not planned, but if there's someone listening who is really interested in Michael's course, I will uh, sponsor one person to take it. So all you need to do is contact Michael, tell me you want to take it. Michael will pick somebody and I will sponsor you to take this class. But So we, we've done this before, though. Uh, you have to context as to why, right? So yeah, tell them why it, you it, want to take it. It's, yep. it's, it's fun to read the context when we've done this before. Like we've given away um, Michelle Pentonato's class and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, it's, you know, it's just like the person you gave away a class to in the Philippines, right? Like, you know, you know, as soon as you hear that why and that desire and all that, I mean, that's that's way better than just a, a random yeah, raffle yeah, number for so, signing up. So anybody's up, interested, you know. send Michael an email. Tell me you want to take the course. He will pick one person. Send and, which uh, Michael will, an email. Yeah, send uh, Michael Curtis, the second the second most handsome. Uh. <laughs> yes, I will gladly make that my Discord handle or whatever you call it. The second most handsome. <laughs> the se- Michael, the second handsome. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love Hit him it. up, Chris. No. Hit him up. Um, awesome. Yeah, I mean, obviously prepare for this, and it's. Um, I know some people don't like answering it, and um, but yeah, if yeah, if oh, you just could define your like, yeah, and if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, you know, how would you how would you define that? I would say, yeah, if someone's giving my eulogy, they would oh, say, shit. Mike, Michael. Um, every time I either worked. Or hung out with them, I left feeling better about myself and where I'm going, and why I care about doing good things on this earth <laughs> than I did before I was with them. That he would be encouraging, that he both simultaneously based on who encouraged me, but also challenged me to grow. Mm, and that's like somewhere that. I want to get better at is I, cause you have to have both. If you're constantly challenged and not encouraged, you'll drown. If you're encouraged, not challenged, you'll stagnate. So I want to be a disarming personality in an intimidating environment so that people feel the safety to grow and learn in their craft. Um, and hopefully do, do a good job alongside them. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to, I want to ask Sam's question. Um, for her, uh, Ooh, yeah, yeah, just because yeah. I think it's a good question, and I think this can be taken to two different areas, right? So her typical question is, "What do you wish you knew when you first started?" Mm. Let's, let's do this two different ways. I'm going to guess that what, what do you what do you wish when you first started? I, I'm, my guess is that you wish you knew there was actually more avenues to go than just being a producer or doing whatever. But I'll let you answer that. This is my guess. And then secondly, I would ask, "What do you wish you knew you started when you started the YouTube channel and doing the training series?" So there's probably two different areas mm. to answer that question. Okay, so very at the very beginning, what I wish I knew. Like career-wise, what do you wish you knew yep, when yep, you yep. first started? I think it'd be similar to what you said is that I, I've, throughout my career, I've struggled with this idea of no one types into Google, generally good audio human. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't. They search for a specific role and a specific task they need done. And I bit that hard and that's you know no one grows up wanting to be a master engineer no one grows up wanting to be a system engineer we all want to mix you know we want to make records we want to mix arenas you know but there's always these other crafts 
that are just a different facet of the diamond within it that you can dive into. And some people think it's a straight jacket, but it's actually a Narnia closet. You know, it's, it's just a different way uh, you can dive in there. And so Oof, I would say to myself, that's, that's deep there real quick, by the way, that was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I borrowed, I yeah, wish Chris, that was mine. Chris liked that one, man. I saw that. Yeah. He liked that. Shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I stole that from Blair ends. Um, so anyway, he, 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 and, uh, actually told, uh, Hannah Gooding, Goodine, I, Goodine. I forget. Goodine. Thank you. Uh, about this the other day, it's a podcast called two Bobs and they talk about sales and how most people just hate sales, but they, talk about in a really cool way in specialization. Anyway, I digress. All that being said, yes, I can do the next most logical step in front of me. And as long as I'm making that thing sound good, I'm going to be happy. And then things are going to change. My family's life is going to change. Where I live is going to change. The industry is going to change. But as long as I'm just choosing to keep learning and keep leveling up and seizing the next right to opportunity in front of me and pinball around, that's okay. I've still been able to have plenty of work and do it. And I haven't had to say like, I'm a master engineer, Doug and that's what I do. And like, say no to everything else. Like I, I can always say to myself, it's going to evolve and that's okay. And don't beat yourself up that you still have a domain name that people are asking for. And I just keep telling people my website's down right now, but my mastering website isn't even live anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on. So you said, you said you wish you knew that going into it. So when did you realize that? I think when my wife looked at me <laughs> and he said like, so wait, so you're changing focuses again <laughs> because <laughs> of just what I'm, you know, doing. Cause I'm the one who she's an Arkansas girl. I'm the one who got us when we got married and moved back to Dallas. So I could start the mastering business, did that for three years. Didn't want to be in the concrete jungle, then move back up here to do live. And, and so uh, I am forever grateful for her patience with me. Uh, and doing all that. But it wasn't until I successfully made the transition to now most of my work being here in live and then also adding on this new skill of system engineering and now starting to get paid well to do that. And so it's like, oh, it's okay. I can evolve just as the industry is. Mm. I don't have to be this static thing that I choose. Just like, it's not like choosing a a major out of college. We put so much pressure on kids when they're 18 to know what they want to do with the rest of your life. And it's stupid. And so it's like, do you want to be a hundred thousand dollars in debt and have a mass comm degree? That's not a good idea. And so, <laughs> uh, uh, and, uh, and so it's just knowing that that's going to ebb and flow and change and giving myself more permission to experiment earlier on. Man, and not be so hard. This has been myself. such a reoccurring theme later. We talked about the last yeah. episode. We talked about it in, in the episode channel of, the discussion this week before this episode came out, and now we're talking about it again. Like this is such a common theme of how winding, like how it's yes. it's tough, right? On one hand, like all right, we had Brandon Blackwell's episode, and it was you know he's had this dream, vision, goal, destiny thing since the childhood, and is going for that, and that's great. And then you have Michael the Handsome, who it's yeah. just uh, you, you know, hey. To, is pyro cool? Cool. I'm gonna do that today. Is is training elephants cool? I'm gonna do that cool today, and, and that's all okay, <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. It's just it's it's pretty cool how this is just it's continued the 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 same conversation because it because it needs to be talked about. So so anyway. Absolutely. So to your second question, what would I have wished my? Man, I'm glad you remember there was a second question. <laughs> He's a YouTuber. <sighs> YouTubers are good at that shit, man. Yeah, I knew he was gonna get it. I love it. I love it. So. I would say to myself, it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> just keep, 
because uh, they uh, get it but like when there's bills to pay and you're sinking hours and hours putting out mm. free stuff for people yeah and knowing they're like this is going to pay off with the course because if anything the pandemic taught all of us is we can't have all our eggs in one basket and that was mm. one of the reasons i chose to diversify is like because live shows were yanked out from under us it was like good thing i have post-production to lean on and that was yeah. helpful but like how can i leverage another skill set that i have to help when I'm not doing shows and I love teaching, I love sound system design. Why don't I teach sound system design for money? And that at least the way I'm choosing to do it and the way people who I've learned online business and training from, it's a long road and I'm willing to do it. And I've hopped on the content treadmill and I'm not getting off anytime soon. (laughs) And, and, uh, And so that means putting out a video for people who want to watch it every week, and then just trusting that delivering good value day in and day or week in and week out. Uh, will help earn trust so much that people want to learn more from me in a more intimate setting, like a course. And I hope to have other stuff and eventually like a conference and stuff. Who knows? Sure. We'll, see. well, all right. Let me let me ask you kind of a, a sales pitchy question. Yeah. Um, why should I pay for your course if I could just watch our YouTube videos? I would say YouTube is like scattered breadcrumbs. Uh, I love croutons and they're really good. <laughs> but uh, uh, I also like a four course meal. So when something's laid out linearly, that's been chewed on. That's like the best ideas, full stop, are in books because someone took time to meditate on it, lay it out thoughtfully, and put it in order for specific reasons so they could get you to an end result. And online courses the same way. So in my YouTube videos is a bite-sized version of that. Like here is a nugget, and I usually have a form of like when I walk you through X, Y, Z. But an online course, I've thought about it. I've packaged it in a certain way. It's laid out linearly to get you from A to uh, hopefully letter D with this course, and then we'll pick up with letter E on the next one. Um, Dude, that's why, yeah. that's why I wanted to write the book more than anything, is when you go, hey, I have, I don't know, 79 articles on Proton Web, and every time someone yeah. asks a question, you go, hey, I wrote a thing about this, and then I'm going to go fucking find it, and some of it's three months old, and some of it's four years old, and I just got, yeah. it felt it felt like when you need to organize your sock drawer, you know, yes. you're like, I don't, I'm not cool in my own brain right now. I need to organize some shit, right? It's just bothering yeah. me. Um, yep. It was like that. And I was like, this needs to have a fucking thread through it. And I need to f- tell the story and I need to find. Man, you would hate to see my sock drawer. Well, it's, it's. I mean, it's that's on the agenda for this week too. It's bothersome. But it really was. Don't just, don't, like you said, don't just give me one cracker. I want the whole thing now. Yes. For me, it was like, you know. Hey, what's your process? Well, they don't want to read 76 articles in a random order about my process. Yes. Mm. No one yes. wants to do that. That's terrible. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's absolutely yeah. terrible. So you go, no, here's yeah. the thing, and it goes in order, and all the ideas that I want you to know are in this thing, and off you go. You know, and yeah, it's all on still on post on web if you care. You know, I mean, that shit came from Reddit and it came from my personal blog. If you want to go dig for it, you can find a lot of it. Um, but but it's sure. the same thing, dude. It's like Hey, I want to put a little bow on this, you know, and it, it's for my, it's for my sanity. I'll be totally honest with you. It really is. <laughs> so I don't have, I don't have bits because maintaining all the links to different things. And where did I talk about this one thing? This person's going to ask, like, I don't want to do that. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's housekeeping. And now you have, uh, now you have this. Hey, so, nice. look at that. You got a, thanks buddy. Yeah. yeah we're right. going for the Christmas, Christmas vibe. You got the That's green cool. and the red. And, and yeah. Anyway. yeah. All yeah. right, Michael. That's thank good. you, man. Thank you for chatting yes. with us. It's been a pleasure, dude. Uh, as always, thank pleasure you. to speak with you. Uh, so head to producedbymkc.com. Check out Michael's stuff. And if you want to take the course, send him an email and let him know why. Uh, sick. 
that was cool. Thanks, awesome. Buddy. Thank y'all.